I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. Have you ever bumped into anyone that just really looked out of place? Like they shouldn't be doing that for a living? Well, I met somebody like that a few years back. Out of respect for what happened to him, I'm not going to call his name. But he played in the NFL, did a great job, retired, saved his money, and opened his own business and had several locations. And you see it coming. He was taken. Somebody convinced him to invest. And he was scammed and lost everything he had. The bad news is, I think this happens to a lot of Americans. This week's episode is titled, The Scam. Scotty, I got to ask you, are you getting any phone calls that you would say are not legit? And I'm not talking about now we have the cell carrier that says spam risk. At least you get that on your phone to notify you that you probably have somebody that you don't want to answer the phone from. But there are a lot of people that still come through on your cell phone, and I'd say half of the phone calls that I get are not even people I even care to talk to. I got two this week. One was a New York number, and I was expecting a phone call from out of state. I didn't know where, and I answered it, and it was, uh, I don't know how to even pronounce the guy's name, but they told me I had a problem with my Social Security card and to please press one to speak to the agency. That's a great point right there, because what that tells me is it's a scam. Exactly what it was. And I'm sure, did you listen to all of it? or I listened to the menu, and it said press 1, and so I press 1, and then he mumbled something. It was, it was bad English. Okay. And then he was trying to say that he, w- he worked for the Social Security office. So chances are he probably was a foreigner? Yes, Okay. Uh, you know, it's like these uh, these companies that hire out there when you call for help at night. Uh, I don't know where they are, but they're always in some other country. Oh, yeah, like customer service or yeah. something like that. Like uh, I know that India has several customer service, and they're all over the world that do a great job at what they do. Except but we can't understand them. Us Southerners have problems just trying to understand each other. You know, what happened to the days, Terry, seriously, of you call the company that you buy from, and they have somebody there that understands you, you understand them. They're gone. These call centers are horrible, and it makes me not want to spend my money with that company. Well, I think call centers are the way to go for a lot of big business, and I guess they see that it's from a expense side, it's the route. They can funnel all of the calls into one central location. They get good at how to address those calls. But for us, I mean, a lot of it is automated, too. You never even hear anybody yeah, until you finally one. have been on the phone 45 minutes, and then you finally get somebody there that can help you. But I guess it's annoying, and it's just it's just extremely aggravating that you can't even trust sometimes to pick up the phone where it looks like a legitimate call, and it's not. It's somebody wanting something from you, somebody trying to connive something out of you, and they've gotten clever at it. Now, the second call I got was a local number. It was, you know, our area code and one of the the local 737s or whatever it is, you know, on the local side of it. And so I answered it, and it was another fake one. 
And so I pressed the buttons and yelled at them too. And so then I thought about this, and I didn't realize this till I'd done this. About 30 minutes later, it got me madder and madder. So I picked the phone back up and I looked at my recent calls, and I hit it to call it back. And it was a lady who was local. And I said, really? did you call me a few minutes ago? And she goes, no, sir. And so they've got some way now just scamming using someone's number without them attached to it. You know, it just shows their number. Now, I didn't know that. See, that's scary. I remember several years ago I had received a call from a guy that indicated that he was there for Dell Tech Support and that something was wrong with mm-hmm. my laptop, that it was indicating that it was infected with a virus or something like that. Well, the odd thing about it was I owned a Dell laptop. Had you had any problems? No, because, well, actually I did, but I think it was we had just outgrown it. It just got to where it took so long, the megahertz on it, I don't even know what it was. Slow. Yeah, and so you outgrow things and you replace it. I still had it, but it hadn't been booted up in years. And I explained that to them. So I was like, there's no way that I'm having problems with my Dell laptop because it's not, it hasn't been activated. And they are relentless. Some of these folks are. He kept calling and kept calling. This went on to where I think I ended up blocking a total of like 19 numbers. Holy cow, Terry. 19 numbers. And then it got to be where they'd leave a voicemail. And it would be call 1-800-FIX-IT. They didn't even claim to be Dale. They were always this tech support number. And I hear that what they do is they just want to be able to get in to your computer and then they take every bit of personal information, banking information, any anything, your social security number, anything that will benefit them. It, it, it can be your homeowners, any kind of policy. What they do is they get into your laptop or your computer and they steal your social security information. They take your banking information. And then once they've gotten that information, you're done. They can take you to the cleaners. I've even heard of them taking that information and taking out loans against your house. Have you heard of that scam? No, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised. And the the bad part about all this is they'll call somebody on the phone, and maybe they're elderly. Maybe it's your uncle, your aunt, or your mom, or your dad that, you know, perceives it as being legit, and they give them that information. And then the next thing you know, they lose everything they've got. Well, I think they definitely prey on the elderly. And so didn't you say that you had a situation where your mom was a victim of it? Yeah, they call her all the time. She got it in her head, and she doesn't, she's gotten to a, a certain point in her life where she doesn't realize it. she has medical insurance and everything she needs. And she'll watch TV or see it on Facebook on her phone and think, boy, I need that. And then she'll touch something on her phone, and then 80 people will call her. You know how it kind of tracks oh, yeah, what uh-huh. you do? Oh, yeah. Well, and, they sell that information. Yeah. And so she sits there, and just to, I had one of them she was about to give her banking information to. And so I had to jump on there and jump on them. I had to change accounts because I don't know what she would gave them when I went in. And they would have wiped her clean. And it's every day relentless. And they get uglier. When you know of call me back later. No, you need to make this decision today to make to save the savings. It's horrible. Well, and going back to the story that I told you about the folks calling me on the Dell laptop. I mean, it was just relentless, and they just got uglier and uglier and uglier. And and so again, I just kept blocking number after number, and it would just be random numbers. Sometimes it would be a four-digit number. Sometimes it would be a local number. Sometimes it would be an obvious outside number. But if I didn't recognize that number, I thought, okay, you're either going to leave a voicemail 
or you don't need me bad enough. And sometimes it may be one out of ten times it was a legitimate call. The nine calls would be part of that scam. And so I ended up calling the Better Business Bureau. So what did they tell you? Basically, it's there's nothing they can do. And I mean, that's a helpless feeling. And this drug on for a good six, seven months. And they would call all hours. I ended up just losing it with them. And you wouldn't believe, and I can't even repeat what they said to me on the phone. What did you say to them is what I'm more concerned about. I think I was just blown away when it finally came to a head and the guy was so ugly to me on the phone. The good thing about it is it stopped. The bad thing about this whole scam thing is, is that there's another one right around the corner. And they're bound to make notes on people and put in there for the next scam artist of their little system or their network and their call center where they know notes on you of what to ask. Well, you know this. It's that let's say that, that for every 100 people that one person calls in the course of a day, if they get one person to take the bait, it's worth it for yeah. them. So they know the odds are that 99% of the time they're going to find somebody that's like, I'm not buying this, or you can take it and stick it. But they're counting on that 1%, that one person that will say, okay, yeah, sure, I need to send you some money. I didn't realize it. Or they pretend to be a, a, a grandson, and they'll call a grandmother. Have you heard this? And they'll no, say, Grandma, I'm in a bad trouble, and I need some money. What grandmother is not going to reach out and do anything that they can for their grandson? And it's really bizarre how they get this information. They don't know everything about that grandson or that granddaughter, but they know enough that when they call grandmother, grandmother's going to take the bait, that there's enough information or enough truth and maybe that's where you have these fortune tellers that tell you something they know just enough generic stuff that would apply to anybody right that you'll be susceptible to believing it and you do anything you could to protect or help your grandchild and they send money all right let me ask this and you may not know the answer to this terry years ago i know they started this in the state that we live like a do not call list and supposedly, if that company was put on that do not call list, you added it to it, and they called you, you could go after them. It, does that even exist anymore, or is I, it just too, I too don't, rampant, run wild? I don't know. That's a good question. Somebody told me just the other day that you pay this subscription, and Lord knows I wish I had paid better attention to the name of it, and it will tell you information. I mean, if you're a scam artist... It comes clean on your phone. So I know that it'll say spam risk, but we all talked about the fact that some of these calls that come through, just like the ones that came through and you answered, you will know right off the bat, and don't ask me how this works because I need to get more information about that, but you get the information enough to know if that's a legitimate call or not. So those two calls that you got just this week, you would have never answered. Now, there is another thing that they've come up with, and I don't know the name of it, but it sounds... Interesting that I watched that they do. They've created an app to where it will answer those. And the guy that said that, that that I saw talking about it, why he bought it was he owns a business. And he goes, my time's valuable. And he goes, they'll call me eight, ten times a day. And he goes, I have to stop and it costs me money. So he downloaded an app and what it does, it answers for you. You never even know it. If your phone says it's a scam, yeah. it goes to a call center and it's a recording, and it messes with the people for 35, 40 minutes <laughs> asking them questions and waste their time. And he said, I look at it as I'm helping somebody else out 
keeping them from calling someone else. If it were affordable, I think I seriously would look at it because think about the amount of time. I mean, it's a business. Yeah. It is a big business. And th- there are scam artists, and we're just talking about people that pick up the phone. Right. There are scam artists everywhere. Look at the amount of people that prey on lonely people. Let's say a lonely uh, a widow or a widower that loses a spouse. And then all of a sudden, you've got this young thing that's paying them some attention. And how does it always work? They, wanna, they live in another, they've started right. a, an internet relationship. Now, and funny that you bring that up. I worked with a guy one time, and Terry, I have to be honest with you, he wasn't going to get a woman here. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess women would call that bow wow ugly. Uh, what That's they call bad. It, chew your arm off in the morning type thing. It, he just he wasn't going to have it, so he got a male or a bride, so to speak. On the Internet, they chatted back and forth. Supposedly, he'd sent pictures of himself, supposedly. Now, had they exchanged money at this point? No, not in the beginning. Okay. started out all sweet, and they talked back and forth probably for about three weeks. And then that's when it come. I need a little help with my rent. And so, oh, boy, he's hooked then. He sends a little money. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then she wants to come see him. And that's the fascinating thing is they're so good at what they do. How do you hook somebody in three weeks? Loneliness. Yeah, and that's, uh, see, that's, they're preying on your emotions. And, you know, wars have been started over women and, and, and love and lust, whatever you want to call it. It is a, it, it's a hook. It doesn't matter what age you are, that will sucker somebody in. And that's really sad. It is. I mean, it's sad that, uh, according to you, he's not attractive. But I'm sure he's very nice. Oh, he was. And okay. um, so then she wants airline money. Then she's got to have cab money. And, and you know, nobody. But he's been, excited. He yeah. thinks any minute he's going to see his bride. And chances are, and this is another scam on top of a scam. Right. She's probably not who she portrays herself oh, to be. I bet you bow wow it and the way <laughs> she really looks. Well, they may have been a good match if she'd <laughs> ever come through. <laughs> but, you know, it's like those one nine hundred numbers. Have you, and tell me this, have you ever, and if you're being honest with me, you will tell the truth on this. Uh-uh. Talk to somebody on the phone and it's like, holy smoke, that woman's got to be hot. Or a guy, they, you know, she just, I Well, especially if you have a deep, I mean, for a guy, if a yeah. guy has a deep voice and really seems to be uh, personable, I mean, yeah, you do envision that they're, they're bound to be 6'4", dark-headed, you know, olive skin, dark eyes, really well-built, carries themselves well, you know, so, that sort of thing. I see you've had the, that daydream before. Uh, maybe one, once or <laughs> twice. But, you know, I've had people that you work for 10 years that you deal with on a phone in other states, and then they just sound like, holy cow, they're smoking hot. She's got to be gorgeous. And then you meet them and you go, <laughs> no, there ain't no way that's you. But that's what's on the other side of all these phones. Those 1-900 numbers, oh, I, I, I bet you if you really saw what they were sitting and doing, it would freak well, you out. Well, there's probably a reason they're sitting behind a shield of being on a phone. Yeah. And they probably will never agree in today's world to say, hey, why don't we do FaceTime? Uh, uh, no, let's don't. Yeah. Because then the gig is up. Oh, it's all over then. So anyway, so he pays this money. Yeah, he sends money for her airline tickets, cab fare, and and food for money so she can come visit him. Well, guess what happens next, Terry? He gets scammed. He gets scammed. She goes to the airport. And something and happens. gets her. Oh, wow. She has been arrested, and she needs $3,000 to get out of jail. And why was she arrested? 
uh, her papers were not her, uh, what do you call it? Passport was not correct. And she was arrested because she'd forgot them at home and $3,000 will get her out of jail. And then, you know, it's in a foreign country. And then they hand the phone. They're really good at this. They hand the phone to a guy and he gets on there and he's the policeman. Uh-huh. I sit and listen to this because he got the call at work and we didn't know he'd wasted all this money and he puts it on speakerphone. There's about four or five of us. I mean, sitting. is he frantic because he's thinking yeah. the love of his life is in major trouble? He was going to the bank. that, And we literally almost, you know, you have to hold somebody down and shake the truth into him. She's not real. She's not coming. This is a scam. And it hurt his feelings. He was crying. And he believed it. And I felt horrible. But, but I mean, if you hadn't stepped in and really helped him in the long run, he would have forked out that money. Yeah. And think about how many people you hear stories of. I mean, there's story after story where somebody, and it's like their family, their friends, everybody can read through this except the one that's being impacted. Well, it's, it's almost like, and you've seen friends, I'm sure, that dated somebody that to their face they were perfect, but behind their back they were cheating on them. And then you're trying to explain to your friend. And they just can't believe it. Yeah, no, there's no way they would do that. Yeah, oh, no, you don't believe this. And you're like, look, the love you have with this person that you met three weeks ago <laughs> is it's not real. Yeah. And they're scamming you. And you, it's really, really difficult to get them to believe that. And, and you, it, it just won't sink in. And it gets, then they end up mad at you because you tried to stop their love. What are some of the other scams that we hear about a lot? Oh, well, you know, a lot of it is is when storms come. So if you're anywhere in the United States that there's been uh, a hurricane or a tornado, the next scam is these people that come to work on your house. Do not ever, and they, they're in person now, do not ever pay up front for building materials for anybody to do anything to your home because they're not coming back, unless you know that person and your neighbors used them through the years. These out-of-town people that come, I've seen people give $10,000 payments, cash money, and never get their money back. Or I have heard where they will actually pretend to be like construction workers, and they're horrid. They end up doing more damage to the house than what it was when they requested the help. They really needed the help. And I thought you told me that one time you had been suckered into a scam that you did really kind of want to admit. Remember you said that? Oh, I, the, the screwdriver guy. Yeah. So what happened there? I was out in my yard and, you know, I, I needed, you know how you have in your head that you need a tool, but you're just kind of like maybe too lazy to go get it. Yeah. And I'd been thinking about it for four or five months because every time I got ready to work on a car, I needed a pry bar to raise up on it. And I'm going to go get it. I'm going to get it. And this traveling tool man pulls in my yard. <laughs> and he's got the enchilada. You know, the, uh, what do you call those uh, covers on the back of a truck that you raise up? And it was just covered in tools everywhere. It was like. You know what that reminds me of? You remember the episode of Andy Griffith where the guy's going to sell Andy and Barney all of these things? And Barney buys Thelma Lou this fur coat. Yes. And I it's, remember And it. it just, you know, it just disintegrates. <laughs> And so, uh, anyway, that's what it kind of reminds me of. And I think it was Don Rickles or somebody like that that plays the part of the traveling salesman. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, he pulls up. And he, he's got all these screwdrivers in different sets there. And, you know, what I didn't realize, I'd always had one brand of tool, and that's a craftsman, because it's guaranteed for a lifetime. Right, and maybe there's a reason that you pay a little bit more because yeah. they guarantee it. Now, if anybody knows the answer to craftsman, what's going on with it now, and I can return my tools, please let me know, because <laughs> I don't know what's happened, because all Sears are gone. <laughs> but I still got my craftsman. But, you know, I was looking at these tools, and you got like 20 of them 
for a hundred bucks. Wow. And they really look nice. I mean, could you pick them up and look at them? Yeah, I held it. It looked good. So I give the guy a hundred bucks for it. And you thought you had gotten you a deal. Right up until I used it, Terry. The first time I bent down on it, it snapped. (laughs) I grabbed the second one, Pride. It broke. It was made of probably the thinnest metal that you could ever have been made. I guess it's at Taiwan, you know, stuff like that. But it was just brittle. It but you didn't handle. know it when you were looking no. at it. No. Did they feel heavy? Yeah, it looked good. Oh, fancy. Had uh, neon uh, green colored handles on them. So, in other words, you'd been scammed. I got scammed on that. And uh, what about your buddy? You said y'all went off and somebody came up and was trying to get rid of some camcorders. Or Oh, yeah, I was working with a guy. And I want to say, let me think what state we were in. We were, I want to say, in West Virginia is where we were. Okay. So we're getting ready to go out and eat that night. We go out of the motel, and we pull into a place to buy gas. And it was a guy comes up to him, and he goes, man, I'm in bad shape. I need some money. My, my, my family, we got to buy groceries. You know, and he's listening to him. He's, oh, yeah. he's suckered uh-huh. in on that part where we're feeding the kids. And he goes, tugging at his heart. He was. That, that's, the, that's one of their motives, yeah. tugging at your heart. And he tells him that he'd bought some Christmas presents, and he couldn't get his money back from the store, and he was just going to have to sell them. I said, what, what do you got? And he goes, man, I bought camcorders for my mom, my sister, and I'm going to have to sell them all. Sounded legit. So he brings the camcorder over, and my buddy looks at it, turns it on. Man, it works. And it was nice, and this was a deal. I think he wanted 200 apiece for them, and I want to say out of the store, they would have been five to $600 apiece. So he thought he's really getting a good deal. Yeah. So he goes. Were they a name brand? Yeah, it was Sony. Oh, okay. So he goes, I'll buy all three of them that you got. And the guy said, well, I'll take $500. If you buy them all, I need the money bad. So he buys them, sets them in the, the back seat. You know, we had a four-door truck, set them uh-huh. on the back seat. We get 20 <laughs> miles down the road. He goes, hand me that camera back there. Let me take a look at it. I grabbed that box, and it was the lightest thing I'd ever picked up in my life, Terry. Oh, my goodness. I can see this coming. Every box was empty. No cameras, no nothing. <laughs> Did y'all turn around and try to go track oh, yeah, him we down? We went back, but he was long, long gone. gone. You know he was gone within 30 seconds of you guys pulling out. I wonder how many times that trick has happened. So let that be a lesson. If you buy something, you better hold on to it the entire time because it's, it's like a magic trick. I mean, don't you know that's a sick feeling? I mean, it's like playing the shell game. It is. And, you know, and whether it's $40 or 500 the shame of it, is it, it might as well be a million dollars because you know it's a because you, you're all proud that you've gotten a deal and now you're humiliated and you don't want to tell anybody that you were suckered into it. I mean, really, it right. would take a lot. Did he swear? Did he make you swear that well, you would see, never mention this to anybody, much less his wife? I think he thought that, but as soon as we got back to the job site, I had to tell him, <laughs> and then he was known as camcorder from now on. <laughs> and he's been picked on for probably six years now about that same little incident. And you know, that's really sad because he thought he was getting a good deal, but I'm sure that that was $500 that he probably yeah. would not have let loose on, but he probably felt like when he got home and explained it to everybody, they were going to say, well, man, you yeah. that $500 was well worth it. You got a good deal out of that. But it probably wasn't in reality when he got $500 tied up in three boxes. And I got another story for okay, you. Okay, I, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, zero turn lawnmowers. Okay. Oh, they're real popular. This involves a pawn shop. Uh, I had a buddy of mine, and this was uh, in the capital that we live in. He'd gone into a pawn shop several times, and they had a 
fairly new riding lawnmower there that they wanted, I think, $4,000 for. Well, in the course of him going in there staring at it over the course of two weeks, he bumps into the guy that pawned it. And so he gets to talking to him, and of course he can pay the $500 and get the lawnmower back out of Hawk, mm-hmm. and he could pay him $2,000 for it, and both of them would come out better. Sounds, I mean, it sounds like a good deal so, so yeah. far. Oh, yeah, so far. So they keep talking about this, and he goes and borrows the money from the bank, the $2,000, and gets it. Meets the guy a block because it would be kind of unethical to walk in the pawn oh, shop yeah, with ab- the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And do that. So he meets him a block away, hands him the $2,000, and the guy gets in his car and drives off. Doesn't well, go to the pawn shop, runs with his two grand, and he ain't been seen since. Oh, so the guy was supposed to go back, to get the, the shop, and get so that out. guy just sat there and waited and well, waited. He watched and, him. He hands him the money. He and he knew he wasn't going back to the yeah, pawn shop. Yeah, you know, he could see him drive toward the pawn shop the block away and he just kept going <laughs> he got in his truck and took off after him couldn't catch him oh Two my grand, gosh Terry, gone but you know there are people that sucker us all the time yeah so in that sense instance do you blame the guy for trying to beat the pawn shop out of their profit <laughs> was he being greedy well i think we're all i think that's where they get us is that we are all kind of wired where we want a good deal oh yeah you know, or either they're tugging at your heart and making you think that, you know, they really care for you and you're alone. I mean, they're they're smart. They know what to go after. And maybe somebody else walks up and says, no, nah, man, I'm not I'm not buying those camcorders or get out of my face. And they just keep on until they find somebody. And apparently they did like you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And if they spend all if they spend an hour trying to approach 30 people. And they get that one person, and they make $500 in one hour? Yeah. That's pretty good money. And guess what they get to do with that? Take those three boxes, set up shop in another location. (laughs) You're right. So, I mean, there are scam artists, and I don't know how we get the best of them, because right now they're getting the best of us. Scams happen every day in America. You just have to outsmart the scammers. Well, a good friend of mine just the other day finally admitted that he got scammed didn't see it coming at all. His wife had sent him down to the store to get some coleslaw and butterfingers. He was loading them into his truck when a lady next to him said that she had lost her keys in between the seats of her car and couldn't get them out. Well, being the southern gentleman he is, he went over to help her. And while he was bent over trying to get the keys out, she started undressing. And before you know it, she didn't have nothing on. And then someone slipped up behind him and stole his wallet while he was looking at her. And by no means do we want this same scam to happen to you. Because it's happened to him the last eight times he went to get groceries. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, would you know a secret? Well, you've learned just to say no. No.